If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to look on to Matthew 4, and we're going to begin in the fourth chapter. But last week we started teaching about saved people save people. Now that's just a catchy title. Nobody can save anybody per se, but somebody who is saved or knows the Lord uh, should reach other people. So you could title it also, Reached People, Reach People. And Jesus' purpose for coming to the earth was, you know, was unique. Uh, it was to seek and to save that which is lost and to reach people. And so that humanity would not have to suffer in hell for eternity. It was never God's design for it to be like that, but man is destitute and man is in need of a Savior because of man's own doing in the beginning. And uh, there are people who live in this world and think, well, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in any of that stuff, and, but they're miserable because you will never find life until you find Jesus period. No fulfillment, no matter what. And if you find religion on your way to finding Jesus, you'll get stuck and be miserable too. Thank you for your excitement on that. And so we don't want to get stuck there in religion. And we want to know Jesus ourselves. And uh, we can and uh, But we're to make him known to other people. So Matthew, the fourth chapter, and we're going to begin reading in the 18th verse. Uh, and it says this, and we're going to read two verses here. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and his brother, Andrew, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. What did they do for a living? They owned a coffee shop. No, they fished for a living. So that means they had to be fairly decent because you can't fish long uh, for a living and not catch fish. You can't be a realtor too long and not sell a home. Just trying to help. So some people just hear that and they go, yeah, they were fishermen. No, this meant they could catch fish. Right? I mean, if you're a salesman and you never sold nothing, you can't be a salesman long. Some people don't understand what in the world I'm talking about. <laughs> You'll catch on. Notice this. And they're casting net into the sea for they were fishermen. Verse 19, and he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Well, if you know the other stories about this where it's told, in between when he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men, he basically, there, he had given them instructions. They had been fishing, and they fished all night long, caught nothing. Jesus gave them some instruction. There was some supernatural assistance. These guys caught more fish, so many fish, their nets were breaking, their boats were sinking. They had to call to the partners in, in the, their other boats and say, come out and help us, and their boats began to sink. Now, I've fished 
a lot. And if you know me, I've told some of my addictions. I was addicted to a lot of things, you know, that were bad before I was saved, and then I got delivered, but then I got addicted to fishing after I was saved. Somebody said, you can do that? Yeah, you can get addicted to things where it controls you. And I fished like all the time, literally every day. And, um, and it controlled me. I didn't control it. But I've been out in the ocean before when you get on what they call a breezer. You say, what's that? The water looks like glass, but then there's just a ripple. It looks like a ripple of wind, but when you come up on it, it normally, at least the ones I've experienced, were tuna. And they're so thick, they make it looks like wind is blowing. I'm not talking about boils where you see one go like this. And it's just like that. And they can't even meter through. And I've been on those where you just as fast as you can put your line in the water like this, your bait can't even get a foot down in the water, and you catch one. And there's like 30, 40 guys on the boat, and you're just pulling them in one after the other. Never in that time. And they have fish finders, you know. Those schools could be 100 or 200 feet deep. You could just keep going and going and going. And never have I been on a boat like that where they said, we're in trouble, we're sinking. We've got too many fish. Now, I have been on a boat where we went to go fishing and the captain fell asleep and we crashed into an island. That was different. That's a true story. Matter of fact, I was with two other ministers, and when we got back to port after the Coast Guard rescued us and all this stuff, and we got back to L.A., the port there, the press was there, and they interviewed us. Then in the local paper, they put three priests on a boat. I'm like, three priests? That was wrong. Anyway... Uh, so here they're fishers of men. Jesus makes this statement after they catch this huge catch, and he said this. He said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. You could say this to every Christian. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. The interesting thing, if you just break down this statement right here, he didn't say uh, it's automatic to be a soul winner. Is everybody supposed to reach people that's saved? Totally supposed to reach people. But notice he said, uh, you'll have to be made into that. He said, I'll make you that. He didn't say you're automatically that. I believe it's the desire for every Christian, whether they recognize it or not, to be effective in reaching people. Because when we get born of God, uh, there's things that change in us, and the things that God likes, we like. Now, that doesn't mean everybody uh, follows them or thinks in line with them, but truly, deep down inside, every Christian truly, by their new nature, likes what God likes. That's why when we do wrong, there's something down inside after you've given your life to the Lord that goes, ugh, I shouldn't be doing this. 
But if you listen to the voice of reason, which many times that influence can be from the devil throwing and interjecting thoughts, and we go, well, we'll just go this way, and then we find ourselves miserable and we think, I'm not fulfilled in this life. I'm a Christian and I know I've got the goods, but for some reason I'm not fulfilled because we're not connecting with who we are in Christ and we're siding with things that aren't so. You with me? That's a broad statement. But the fact is, deep down inside, we all want what God wants. We want to follow God's plan. We want the best. We just need to side in with that. And that's where we'll find our fulfillment. I'm going to read this, uh, this uh, scripture in multiple translations because I think it will bring something out that will... Uh, Unlock something in your thinking. You know, if your thinking can get unlocked, your heart can get unlocked. Many times people are closed to things because they've heard a bunch of lies or a bunch of things, and they just kind of think, well, I'm right. You know, you can get that way watching the news media today. They'll just feed you, feed you, feed you, and each thing looks like it's good, and each thing looks like it's right. They could be lies, and then all of a sudden the truth presents itself, and you're like, no. It's because people have opened themselves up to many things that really close them to something that's appropriate. And uh, not to bash the news media, but ultimately we can get that way in ourselves and think, well, those people are soul winners. That person is great. He's a soul winner, but not me. I must have a different gift. No, we all have an ability to reach people and it is one of the most wonderful things because anything God commands us to do is super fulfilling when we do it. You with me? Anytime you see in the scriptures, even when Jesus sent out the disciples, that was God's plan for them to go out and do certain things and reach people. When they came back, it said they came back with great depression. They were just depressed. No, it said they came back with great joy. And they told all the wonderful things that the Lord had done for them. And so, whenever we obey God, remember Adam and Eve? Our great, 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 way back, great, 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 great grandparents. Were they fulfilled after they went against what God said? Nah. Nah. Did they still want God? Yeah, but there was a struggle there. God still wanted them and still wanted to walk with them, so he came looking for them in the cool of the day. But if you think about it, the best is when we follow what he wants. And thank God that he's for us regardless. But it says here, he would make us. But notice he said, you have to first follow me, and then I will make you this. I'm going to read it, like I said, in numerous translations. The New Living Translation says, Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Come and follow me. So you got to follow him to do this. And I will show you how to fish for people. That's interesting. 
I'll show you how to fish for people. We should not live our life never catching people and never bringing people into the kingdom. We should not live our life like that. Some people are indifferent about it and don't realize that they could learn. And some people are real zealous about it and try without results. But do you know just because you've tried and didn't get results doesn't mean that's not your place or thing to do? When I was addicted to fishing, like I said, and I fished every day, we used to have the same. You ready? You write this down. Some people go fishing, but most people go wishing. But we're going fishing. That means we're going to go catch fish. But many people just go wishing they're going to catch fish, and you can see them. They'll go there, and they will not catch fish. And accidentally, occasionally, people will catch a fish. You with me? I've gone places before and gone to go fishing and uh, walk up and there's a group of people fishing and I say, how's the fishing? Horrible. How's the fishing? Horrible. And there's an open spot and, and I go up right there and there's somebody there. How's the fish? Horrible. And five minutes I got a fish. Was the fishing horrible? Now, there are times when fishing is not as good. But, I mean, I've done that before more than once. Yeah, there ain't no fish. No. Whoa, you got one. And they think you did exactly what they did. And just by accident, you got one and they didn't. You with me? I had an experience like that years and years ago before I got addicted. This was the first step. I went fishing with the pastor. I, I used to serve under in California. We went to this lake, and there were a load of fishermen there, and nobody's catching fish, so we have promptly caught no fish. And a guy came up who just acted all lackadaisical. He wasn't in a big hurry, and he got his stuff ready, and uh, all of a sudden he casts out. But before he casts out, I asked him, because he, he came near us, I said, um, you ever fish here? He said, yeah, all the time. I said, do you do any good? He goes, yeah, I usually get about 50 a day, largemouth bass. Now, I'm a Christian. I believe in people. And the thought passed through my head, uh, you're lying. I mean, who catches 50 bass a day? I mean, you might be good. You might get 10. I mean, if you're really good. You know, may, maybe 20, but 50, come on. So he starts fishing. And I'm not, no joke, there's probably 20 or more fishermen. And it's not even two, three minutes. He's got a fish. I'm like, okay, that's one on the way to 10. <laughs> a couple minutes later, he's got another fish. And nobody is catching fish. And then he gets a third one. And about the fourth one, somebody starts yelling at him way down the thing. One of the other fishermen. What are you doing? You know, like, are you cheating? And he, just, people started mocking him. And he caught another one, and he caught another one, and he caught another one. And, you know, 
maybe I didn't have enough sense, but I asked, I said, what are you doing that we're not doing? That's a good question. What are you doing that we're not doing? And you know what he said? He said, you're doing it all wrong. Well, by the looks of things, I was doing it just like him. And you know what he said? He said, your line's too thick. He said, you've got this. He said, you're not getting where they are. You're using this. He, and I had pants on. He said, roll your pants up. And I'm thinking, no. He's all, you got to get out there. Wait out there. Now, he wasn't, I'm like, well, why don't you wait out there? He said, because I got different stuff than you do. You're going to have to compensate. And so I'm like, all right. So I pull my pants up, and the, my pastor friend that's with me rolls his pants up. And we're the only ones we wait out there after he explains, use this, do this. And you know what? I, ca I caught a fish. And he is just bringing in fish after fish after fish. And about 30, I stopped counting. I thought, he's going to hit 50. <laughs> this is the honest truth. So I started talking. I said, well, how did you learn this? And he said, well, it's just a, you know, over, it's through experience. He said, I've done it so much. He said, matter of fact, I'm going for, through a divorce right now for it. He said, I'm addicted to fishing. And my wife gave me an ultimatum. And so I said, okay. And he just kept fishing. Okay, that's not good. But I'll tell you what, if somebody gives you an ultimatum and says, quit serving the Lord, back down from serving the Lord, don't be a soul winner, that's a good one to say, any cost, I'm going to keep going down that path. I thought I'd get one more amen. But literally, look what it says, and I will show you how to fish for people. He used this natural illustration, and when I saw that guy, I started asking questions. You know what I did immediately? I went and got a different rod, got a different reel. I mean, there were things I never thought of. He said, you see how your eyelets are so close to your rod, even though they're big around? And you're using the right kind of reel, but your line's too big. And I'm like, but that's what everybody tells you to use. He said, I don't care. He said, I catch fish. So he said, go find, he said, I'll go buy a junkie rod, buy extended guides, because when your line goes out, it spins. Well, every, as it's spinning, it's hitting the rod. And the more it hits the rod as it goes out, the less it can cast. And he said, and if you use a thicker line, it's more rigid and holds memory, and so it just bunches, wants to bunch up, and you can't get it out there. That's why you got to weigh it out, and I don't. He said, I use five-pound test line. So he said, is there five pounds? Yeah, there is. Or then there was, Maxima made it. And I thought, isn't that too small? He said, the majority of your fish you're going to catch are under five pounds. And so he had thought this thing and worked it through until he was like proficient. But I could have sat there with the rest of them and started mocking him. Or saying, well, he's just lucky. He was not lucky at all. Now, Peter was a fisher of fish. And he knew how to do it, but this day it was hard, and there was supernatural assistance. And so Jesus gave him assistance and helped him when he did the natural part. But notice this. In other words, he at least used a net, 
We have to at least know the basic things and then expect God to help us the other way. Notice this in another translation, the contemporary English. The first one says, I'll show you how to fish uh, for people. The next one says, Jesus said to them, follow me, I will teach you how to bring people in, bring in people instead of fish. I'll teach you how to bring them in. Well, I just thought it was just real easy. But he said, I'll teach you how to bring in people into the kingdom. Here's the good news translation. Jesus came to them. He said, come to me and I will teach you how to catch people. The NIT says, he said to them, follow me and I will turn you into fishers of people. See, they were already fishers of fish. He said, I'll turn you into this. Notice each time there is some assistance needed to become that. He said, I'll turn you into this. You know, if you turn something into something, that's what it's made to do. That's what it'll do. That's how it'll function. And so he said, I can turn anybody into this if you'll follow me. So if I'm wanting to be this, he can help me. Or I can be trained. I can get better. Notice this. The Good News Translation says, Jesus said to them, actually I already read that one. This is the one I wanted to read. Uh, God's Word Translation. Jesus said to them, come, follow me, and I will teach you how to catch people instead of fish. I know there are similar ones. But you know what? Lost people matter to God. And truly, people who walk with God Lost people matter to them. Or you could say people that need to be caught matter to the Lord. They do matter. And sometimes Christianity has become just for self-satisfaction. What can I get out of this? And one of the greatest things about Christianity is what can you give? They even say, neurologists and say, say this, people who are selfish, people who don't give, there's a part in your brain that is stimulated through giving. Well, we didn't need to know that. Now, somebody might tend toward thinking only money, but it's more than that. That would be included, but it would be giving your life. It would be giving the gospel. It would be all kinds of things. They even tell people who deal with depression, go do something good for somebody else. But it stimulates something in your mind. It's amazing to me uh, that, that science now can prove that if you want to affect yourself, start giving instead of holding things in. Give good words to people. Encourage people. Whatever it is, Jesus said it like this, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It would be good for us to listen to our own self and how we talk to people. Are we trying to manipulate them to get something? That'll hurt you. It would help you to honestly be willing to want people to be helped. You with me? And if it's more blessed to give 
than it is to receive. We don't have to have scientists tell us, oh yeah, it stimulates something in your brain that if that's not stimulated, it can make your emotions go down. You know, I remember years ago, uh, as the internet became popular, uh, and then YouTube came along, there was a YouTube video, and you can still find it, where they did, these doctors did a test on people praying. And they put all these probes on their, their head, you know. I guess it makes it look good, with those things with the wires. And they started doing it, and they had all different faiths praying. And then they got a pastor from down in the south who believed in speaking in tongues on there. And so they had him pray in tongues. And then there was this other lady that, you know, kind of you'd think, oh, that a wild lady, you know, church lady. And uh, she also believed in speaking in tongues and prayed in tongues. So they had her do that. You know what was interesting? That when they both did it, those, that type of praying was the only type of praying that registered different in the brain, even from all other religions. In Christianity, if you prayed with your natural, your brain functioned a certain way. But the minute they started praying in tongues, something happened. And uh, the lady said, well, when, when I'm at home, I just kind of go for it. And they said, well, why don't you just do that? Uh, you know, just, just do it, whatever you call that, going free, you know, doing it freely. So she did, and her brain function changed more than anybody. Somebody said, well, what do you, well, how did it change? Well, they said what happened was the speech part of her brain shut off. It shut off. The part that you would use to speak. Here's what's wild. I know a minister who laid hands on someone who was a mute, could not speak because they had something wrong with their brain. They got filled with the Spirit. They could pray in tongues, but they couldn't speak anything else. Because why? Now here's why, what I'm getting at. In the Bible it tells us when a person prays in tongues, they pray out of their spirit but their mind, does it's not produced from the mind. That was written 2,000 years ago. Here science now proves that when a person would pray that way, it's not from their mind. It's from somewhere else. You with me? It's from somewhere else. So science proved that. We don't need science to tell us it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's more blessed to share. There is something to be said about seeing somebody get saved. And if you've ever been connected with winning somebody to the Lord, you'll be thrilled. I remember this guy who came to the church where I was at in California. And uh, he, he, he was bitter and he was in his 80s. And he came and couldn't walk and had an oxygen tank and couldn't breathe. And uh, he was medically not in good shape. And uh, I, I talked to him. I said, would you like me to pray with you? And he said, no, no, that's okay. You know, uh, I'm not ready to have prayer. 
And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I got to deal with stuff. I'm just getting back with the Lord. He said, I'm so bitter in my life, I need to fix something. So he left and, uh, that day, came back a week or two later, said, I'm ready to pray. Do you know God healed him? No more oxygen tank. No more of any of that. And he said this. He said, I was a frogman, which is what is a seal today, a Navy seal. And I was on this island in the South Pacific, and I watched every one of my men get slaughtered, and I was in the bushes as I saw them all get their throats slit. And he said, I've been bitter against anybody Asian ever since. He said, I knew I had to get all that bitterness out of my heart because it's just affecting how I see things and how I look at things, and it's time I get it out. Eighty-something years old, time to get it out. Had all that bitterness all those years. A few weeks later, he said, you know what's so different now for me? He said, I don't know. He said, you're, you're young, and I know you're busy, and you probably don't want me taking up your time, and I'm thinking, I'm loving this. You know, getting to hear these things that affected him, helped him. He said, do you know when we do altar calls here and we see somebody come down front, come down front, he said, it's one of the most exciting things to me. He said, it wasn't. He said, I just get thrilled. He said, I know I'm not the one and been inviting him, you know, because he's new. But he said, I just want to rejoice. I just want to praise the Lord. And his name was Bill. And he said, and he would tell me that, you know, week after week or whenever people, he said, oh, I love everything that's going on. But when people come down to give their life to Jesus, it's a thrill. He said, I love that. He said, I don't know what it is. But he was all clogged up before when he got after it with God. He opened up, and really, I believe this, all he did was connect with the heart of God. Heaven was rejoicing, the Bible said, over sinners that repent. And he just had the spiritual sense then to pick it up. And so when people came, he rejoiced. We should not look at people who don't live like us as a nuisance. That neighbor... No, they're lost, not a nuisance. We all deal with people, don't we? Some of you, I guess, have perfect neighbors, which is awesome. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, God wants us to be after the things He's after. They make us the most excited. And, and if you've never won somebody... I would encourage you to start talking to God and say, who can I bring? Because I guarantee you this. One thing I've noticed over the years of praying with people who give their life to the Lord, when you pray for people, you can sense things that happen in them many times. One of the things that I notice is when I pray for somebody to get saved, it's almost like I sense their weight of sin leave. And that guilt and that heaviness go from them. And that spiritual death leave. And you sense that inflow of life. Because, you know, we're influenced by a spiritual realm that is not seen. You with me? We are influenced by an unseen realm. Uh, and people need to know that. 
And so recognize this fact that when people do get saved or give their life to the Lord and you have this, yeah, or I want to reach somebody, that's probably the unseen realm from God's side rejoicing or influencing us to reach people. Now, understand this, and we're going to close here in a little bit, but in Acts 2.14, Peter, after the Lord had died and rose again, it's now the disciples' turn to catch men and not fish anymore. And it's interesting, even though Peter was not perfect, when he made an attempt, and it says in Acts 2.14, it said, and Peter lifting up his voice. Do you know you have to lift up your voice and talk to people if you want to reach them? You have to say, why don't you come? You want to know Jesus? Whatever it is, you, you have to you have to use your voice. Peter did that. A few verses later, actually a number of verses later in verse 37, it said the Lord cut all those people to the heart. Or in other words, the Lord dealt with everybody who listened to Peter and they, they called out and said, well, what do we got to do to be saved? In other words, just like God assisted Peter to catch natural fish, now he is assisting them. Now, And Peter didn't just say, Lord, I want you to save all these people. He had to open up his mouth and use his net. Use his fishing pole. Now, not literally, he wasn't throwing one at people. But his words, he was talking to people. How do you present bait? You cast it out there. How do you get bait to people? You use your mouth to get it out there. You talk to people. I mean, if we just sat here and just said, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk to everybody. I'm going to teach you some of the fundamental principles of catching fish. Okay? Here's what you need to do. But most people are ingrained with use corn and marshmallows. I would suggest don't. Corn if you want carp, but you kind of need to mash it. But people used to use corn and marshmallows years ago, and people think it still is the greatest thing. I do know one lake in Montana where they still use marshmallows, and they work well, but they do it with a combination of stuff. But if you're not in Montana on that lake, and I've fished several lakes up there, or a number of lakes would be a better way to say it instead of several, more than several. And none of them does it work. And so sometimes we just have to realize if we're not getting results, you can. You can get results. The Bible tells us we're all to be uh, soul winners. We all have a ministry to do this. Here's something that's really important. And these kind of go natural too, but observe what works and doesn't work, even in your own life. Pay attention if you're wanting to and you're not getting results. Pay attention to yourself. You know, I'll be honest and tell honest stories if they help people, but when I first got saved or my life back with the Lord, I guarantee you this, there was nobody I knew who witnessed to more people. Nobody. 
nobody. Nobody in the church I went to, nobody I knew. I would witness to somebody every single day. I became religious about it. Like if I hadn't witnessed to somebody before I'd go to bed, I'd go like to 7-Eleven, find somebody and witness to them. And then on the weekends, it was like it didn't matter. I'd witness to more people. You know, during that time, I brought a couple of people to church. They got saved and walked with the Lord. But I was witnessing to hundreds and hundreds of people a year. And, you know, if I personally led people to the Lord, it was... A couple. I was out wishing, not fishing. You know what I mean? I, 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 uh, one time I caught a really big fish at this lake. It was over two feet long for a largemouth bass. Anybody who's ever caught one would go, that's trophy size. And it was well over two feet long. And I remember I caught it, and I remember catching it, thinking, wow, this is awesome. And nobody was around. And I thought, I don't have anybody to show this to. Except <laughs> these little kids with their parents or uncles or dads. And they all came running. You would have thought I had a red cape on her. It was a blue Superman hat. You know, it was blowing in the wind. And they came running out on the dock. And I'm like, dun-dun-dun. I went, <laughs> And uh, not literally, didn't fly away. You would, and they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And... Uh, so, because that was when I was addicted to fishing, I went back the next day. Do you know who was back fishing the next day? They all got inspired. All the kids and the uncles. I mean, you know, you see a fish this big, and it's just, you walk up, I catch it, like, la, la, la. And uh, I get there, you know where they're at? They're all on the dock where I was. I got there after them. They're all lined up and just hucking stuff. And I remembered this one kid had this lure called a helicopter lure. You ever seen those fishing infomercials, you know? They have them for everything, you know, for the detergent that doesn't work. You know, all this stuff that doesn't work is on those infomercials, and you get it, and you're like, this doesn't work. Well, then, then they're like, well, we sold 10 million. Yeah, and 10 million, 10 million people are going, why didn't this work? And so he, this kid had this flying lure, and it was like a cone with two blades, and it spun. And I remember seeing that thinking, you ain't going to catch nothing with that. And none of them caught anything. I remember I had to move away from them, and here I am all of a sudden, boom, I catch a fish. You know what they did? They came running. And I'm thinking, I'm casting, and I bought these super, you guys are going to love this story, these super sharp, uh, they're expensive hooks, and they sharpen the backside, and they'll go through anything. And I remember I'd look over my shoulder because the kids are like flocking around, and I'm thinking, I'm trying to move away from them. And when I went like this, I pulled, and I felt this, uh, I caught a man, a little kid. That thing went across and hooked right under his veins. And I went, oh, so the dads wanted to take it off back to pull it out. I said, you can't do that. Because I'm going to give you another hook. You're going to have to take him to the hospital. And they took him to USC Medical Center and had to run the whole thing through his arm. And I bet you that kid doesn't walk behind. No, I'm, uh, <laughs> he learned a valuable lesson. But here, that was just a side story. But it's true, because I remember they came back a few days later. He had one stitch there and one there where they ran the thing through. But, you know, they were like, why aren't we catching? 
I said, because you're stupid. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> Seeing who's awake. And I just explained, you got to learn. You got to be taught. Jesus said, I'll make you. And so we need to observe if certain things aren't working, why? Now, I know from doing it over a period of time, you can get better and better. You need to know how people are biting. You need to observe them when you're talking to them. Are they biting? If fish aren't biting, I've learned you can move on to another one or present it different. So observe what works and what doesn't work. And then observe what works for other people. If you see somebody, ask them, what do you do? And then if they just say, well, I just invite them. No, because you're the one who keeps bringing them. What do you do? How do you invite them? What do you say? And here's another thing. Expect God to give you wisdom on how to do it. And then another thing is this. Expect God to move on people. Because even dumb fish will bite at times when they're hungry and they're moved on. And then you look like a genius while you're fishing. Hallelujah. No offense to anybody there. But it, it's the truth. We can get better at this and God will help us. And we should. This is the heart of God. You know, in Luke 8.38, there was a time where this guy had a miraculous experience. He had been full of devils. He was demonized. The devil got cast out. The people told Jesus, get out of here, because they freaked out over this, seeing what had happened. And this guy wanted to go with Jesus. He said, no, what you need to do is you need to go home, tell them the good things the Lord has done for you. I will say this, one thing that works above all others. Now, this doesn't mean you had to have a legion of demons to make this work. But knowing the good things that God does in your life is huge. You know, man, I go to this church, the Lord deals with me. He, he, you could sense his presence. It has revolutionized my life. I gave my life to Jesus. And then I would say this because sometimes people won't bite because that same bait has been cast in front of them. You know, I've told people, Matt and Lindsay, about jalapeno bucks. When I have guest speakers into the church, I take them to jalapeno bucks. And I tell people about it. But I'm reluctant at the same time because I think I don't want it to get overcrowded. But I'll say, jalapeno bucks, and now it's all over the internet, uh, has incredible barbecue. Like, seriously, incredible barbecue. But you can't tell people who are like, yeah, I'm whatever barbecue, whatever barbecue. You want to come have barbecue? They only hear, yuck. Yuck. And if you just say, hey, you should come to church or thing, they have maybe already been churched, been to church. And they're like, yuck. And you're like, no. This jalapeno bucks is a little dump. It's right next to a orange grove. And when you go there, you'll know what I'm talking about because there will be a line. Don't go there and order. Order online or order calling your order. And the food is incredible. And get brisket. Somebody said, don't tell me what to order. Trust me. <laughs> Spread out after. 
You know what I mean? But if you just tell people it's barbecue, well, there's barbecue all over the place between here and there. And some people will be like, yeah, whatever. But if you can get them, so sometimes telling people it's different is huge. I'm serious, it's different. It's way different. And there are, you know, things you can tell people. And that will help. Here's one last thing that is important for us, uh, is realize this, living our own life for the Lord is an important witness to others. You with me? If you haven't been perfect, no big deal. But if your life is even changing a little bit and changing or a lot from where you once were, that is a huge opportunity to talk to people. Are you with me? It's a huge opportunity. The Bible said that people will see your good works and then they'll glorify God. I I used to work in construction and not to say, oh, you know, I'm perfect. I'm I'm a person just like you. But I remember uh, witnessing to people and I had people more than once say, "We'll, we'll listen to you, but that other Christian that works here, we won't listen to him. We just see how he is. Now, I didn't say anything bad and go, yeah. I just went, oh. And then they, and I had other ones say, well, I've watched this guy who's of this faith and this guy of this faith. And one guy, I remember when I left construction and, uh, or left that company, and he, he came up to me and I had witnessed all kinds of people, but I, was, I seemed constrained to talk to him. I'd talked to him a tiny bit here and there. And he came up to me and just said this as we were leaving as I was leaving the company, he said, I've observed you and I've observed this person and this person and this faith and this faith. And he had been brought up in a false religion. And he said to me, he said, if I ever go somewhere, he said, I'm going to find a church like yours. See, people see us too. And that can give us an opportunity to uh, share the gospel with them. That doesn't mean we're perfect. But I'll tell you what, uh, that is an opportunity when we're patient with people, when we do different things, because people matter. So I would encourage you, ask God, and what can I do? How can I get better? Help me. And then start fishing. That's how you get better. Start fishing. Amen.